you're clapping. I gave you homework last time, and you're clapping. That's a good sign. That makes me happy. All right. Don't mind me while I fumble here for a second. Okay. How's everybody? Good? Excellent. So my last topic was wisdom, and now I got knowledge, so I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty smart. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. It's actually very humbling. And so what I want to say before I, I even start with you is that this entire speech was just a month of conviction for me. So everything I'm going to share with you today has been something I have been struggling with. I'm still struggling with. Is this right in your face? I'm sorry. Um, so I, I just want to say that so that when you see all this, I really very much felt led to share all of these things. I didn't sort of just put it together a presentation based on the topic. It was excellent timing. So as you know, the topic is knowledge, but let me uh, show you a picture of my family. That is my husband and our two beautiful children. And uh, you can go to the next slide. So I'm talking about knowledge and um, one, next, one more. So I don't know if you like this, <laughs> Gary Larson, but um, I really do feel like God gave me my false idol as a talking point. And he didn't do it once, but he did it twice. And I know that technically, if you define wisdom and knowledge, there is a difference, okay? I'm going to take some liberties with that. So if you're like me, and you know that might, might make you crazy, but um, I really do feel like I got my false idol as a, topping, a talking point. So I just want to put that out there and be honest about it so that you know one of my big struggles. And if you hear me say about, it's because I grew up in Michigan, so try not to laugh at me. Or at least, like, don't, you know, laugh while I'm looking at you. So this is my list of stuff that I am. You know, when you meet someone, you often ask, like, who are you? What do we do? And we kind of give our list of, like, the stuff we're proud of. I'm a physician. I'm a mom. I do this. I do that. So this is my list. I'm a I'm in private practice. I'm also a massage therapist. I'm a professor at a college. I'm part of the Florida State Emergency Response Team. I'm a wife, which is work. No, I'm sorry, honey. And um, I'm a homeschooling mother, which is really work. And I still have really little ones, so I'm not even homeschooling like the people who have older kids. And, and I speak and, speak and write professionally. But if you'll go to the next slide, this is the only thing about me that really matters. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. That... If you know anything about me, you can forget the rest. Who cares? That's why I don't care if you introduce me as Doc. Because really, who cares? doesn't matter. That's not going to matter when I'm not here anymore. But this will. So that's going to be my point this whole, this whole time. Oh. And that's the only thing that matters about you, too. I mean, it matters that you're a wife and a mom and all these things. But if you're not that, go back to, go back to square one and start over. So I want to share with you a quote that I literally have hanging on my medical degree. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? And this is going to be my point, and this is what I mean when I'm going to take a little liberty with the words wisdom and knowledge today, because I really want to talk about differentiating between the world's knowledge and God's knowledge, and where and and where what's coming at us, and how much is coming at us. Okay, there's my thesis statement for the speech. So I got I had a little fun with some graphics this time. So I'm going to give you sort of three areas where 
I think you can increase your knowledge and grow closer to God at the same time. Check your source, be honest, and use discernment. So I like to talk in big pictures because I teach my small, small children, so I have to keep it simple, but I find it works for me too. So my, my first big picture truth is your reliance on God is made evident by your decisions. Do you agree? Okay, that's when I feel like I really get to know where I'm at. So next slide. I'm, nobody, Vicki didn't talk about New Year's resolutions. I kind of thought maybe everyone would be talking about it, so I was nervous about asking about this. But who made a New Year's resolution? Come on, come on, hands up. Is it, do you not have your hands up because you already didn't stick with it? Who did, you're, you're like, right here. Who, who already broke their New Year's resolution? Yes, thank you. Okay, now let me ask you a question. It's cool. Don't worry about it. No, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to be like you and you and you. Who, who prayed before they set their New Year's resolution? Ah. Again, here's my point. How often, like New Year's resolutions is just something we do. You know, we've got these things we just do. We don't really think about it. Every, all the news people, New Year's resolutions, New Year's resolutions. But how often do we say, you know, like, does God want me to lose weight? Like, does that have an, is anything to do with his plan? Or does, you know, think about it. So moving on. The value we place on God is never more clear when we make decisions, especially how we make them. And so like I said, I've never been much of a New Year's resolution person, but I'm always setting goals and lists and I make lists about everything. Like, I actually maybe have a list problem. Like, I have an organizational issue. Like, I set timers on my phone, and I write it down, and then I, like, had to make a chalkboard, and then it's up there, too, and I'm going to make, like, OCD children because I, like, have to be too organized. But I, I felt a little bit convicted about some of the goals I had set and that I hadn't really prayed too much about them. Like, I'd already had them in mind, and then I prayed about them. I'm like, okay, good, God's on board. It's all, you know, no. So who's helping you... Who's helping you decide? Like I said, this, this whole talk is going to be a little, a little look into my crazy. I have found that when I'm struggling with making a decision, something I do a lot is I may get on the phone with whoever, depending on what it's about, get on the phone with a friend. I'm a research nut. Does everybody remember that I'm a nerd? Okay, major nerd. I like to research everything and make tabs and... So whenever I'm going to make a decision, I, I do all this research, I call people, I weigh and measure, I like my pros and cons list, okay? And what I realized was I'm doing all those things, and then I'm kind of gut checking, then I'm going to like go into the Bible and pray and like make sure that the priorities I've already established, whether or not they meet up with what God wants for me to do. And so... It occurred to me, and some of you are probably thinking this should have already occurred to you, silly woman, but that I should really flip it. That I should really, before I do anything, like just write down what I'm considering on a card. Maybe keep it in my car or wherever. Put it on my computer. And just pray on it before I start. Like, why even spend the time researching it or thinking about it or talking to your mom and your best friend and putting a question up on Facebook or whatever it is if you're... If, if, if it's not what God wants for you. The other thing is I think that we sometimes let our past experiences and our gut feeling help us make decisions. And I think that if we're in God's word more, and I've certainly found this, that the more I'm in God's word, 
the more it's really clear to me whether the Holy Spirit is prompting me to do something or not. And I don't spend all this time going, gosh, I don't know. Like, I think he's, I think this is what God wants for me, but I'm not sure. And so I'm going to call three more friends and okay, they think it's, you know, they're going to pray and they're like, I'm not really getting, do you see what I'm saying? It like starts this cycle and I don't know about you, but it makes me like insane. And then it's one o'clock in the morning and I can't fall asleep. I'm like in bed like this, right? Okay. I just thought this was funny. I'm going to try to make you laugh. (laughs) The problem with quotes on the internet is that they're very hard. (laughs) It's very hard to verify their authenticity. Abraham Lincoln. And the point I'm just making is that there's so much information coming at us now. Like Vicky was saying, like you didn't have the phone back then. You you had your planner, but now it's like you can look up anything. I mean, who doesn't say something? You're instantly like, I'm going to see if that's true. I imagined when I did my health talk that people were doing that. Like every time I gave a fact, someone was like, I'm going to check that out. Mm, see, that's right. Oh, all right, you're right. You can stay. <laughs> okay. So when it comes to what you turn to in making a decision, just ask yourself. I didn't give you homework this time because I figured it's like post-holidays and you might throw like your whatever's left on your plate at me if I did. Just, just ask yourself. Just do a gut check if you can for a week, for a month. Ask yourself when you're trying to make a decision how long it takes for you to get God in the picture. I actually put, I wish I brought my phone up here. I actually did this. I put Jesus at the top of my favorites list in my phone so that bef- because my big thing is I, I make a phone call when I drive. So I put Jesus' number one in my phone so that before I call someone, I see that and I remember to pray first. So... Who still thinks I'm insane? (laughs) Okay. So bottom line, only God's word should shape our reality. Wow, that's really hard to read. I'm sorry. True understanding and the best direction comes from God alone. And I, I love this piece of scripture. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Uh, and, I, and I like to think of the Holy Spirit as a metal detector, which you kind of have to walk through for everything now. And, and, and here's what I mean. The more I'm in the word, the more I'm, 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 I'm using my, my prayer time well and I'm doing that, I find that when I have a decision to make, it, it, the bells go off immediately. I immediately know whether it's a good idea or not. It doesn't take me like month, you know, a month to figure it out. And that's not to say that God won't have you wait and pray on something for an extended period of time. But I find the more I'm in God's word, that metal detector goes off really quickly. And I'm like, ah, yes, thank you. I can move on and sleep. So big picture truth number two. Honesty is the cornerstone of a great marriage. Duh, right? Thanks for the profound thought. But here, here's the point I want to make. I love this quote. We live in a world that is built on promises constructed by liars. If anybody in here is in advertising, I apologize, but I was a creative director for 10 years before I went back to school for acupuncture. And so I, was, I, w- I used to use my powers for evil instead of good. And so I just, I just wanted to put up a couple pictures. I want us to think about how romantic comedies affect our marriage. You know, you see these shows, and even if it's like a good show where they're not swearing and it isn't like sort of graphic, you know, sexual images... It still may not be a Christian theme. There's sort of this, you know, if, you, if your husband doesn't anticipate your needs and, you know, if he doesn't give you these, like, big, wonderful speeches to tell you how much he loves you, something's wrong with your marriage. If, you know, if you don't look like this, you know, with, like, she doesn't even have pores, for crying out loud, you know. 
the, and then so everybody feels fat and like has to get the spanks and like you know like everybody's not feeling comfortable in their body. Okay, it's no good. Hey, I put on seven pounds between Thanksgiving and Christmas, so please shoot my good angle. Okay, I'm not sure I have one, but I'll hide behind this. Um, and then I loved this. Can you believe that they used to actually put um, advertisements that said smoking was good for you? <laughs> right. So just, I just want you to think about how much is coming in at us all the time, information, wisdom, knowledge, that does not have your best interests at heart, is definitely not from God, and is sort of all just subsequent lies from the beginning, from since the fall. The lies just keep on coming, the beautiful lie. You can have happiness if you have this. You, if you don't have this, you're not complete. Blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. So here's three lies that hurt marriages, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to share any of my patients' private information with you, but because I hear about people's lives a lot, I would say from, not my friends so much, but from, from patients and just people I speak to, these are some of the lies I hear killing marriages the most. A marriage without mystery or constant romance is boring, stale, or over. How many times have you heard that? Ah, oh, we just don't love each other anymore. Reset, get a new husband, start over. Okay? If your husband really loved you, he'd know what you need without being told. I, that's a tough one. It's really hard. It's really hard. He should know us, right? He married us. He should know what we like. We shouldn't have to tell him when we're mad. Wrong. Sometimes they need to know. And then the real you is not attractive, interesting, or good enough. Does anyone else struggle with this? I feel like this pretty much every day. I really do. I'll just tell you. I, constantly. So <laughs> this is actually a picture from the, <laughs> this is how romantic our family is. This is, this, <laughs> this is the anniversary card I gave to my husband this year. <laughs> and it's kind of a joke because we're like ships passing in the night. So I was kind of making a joke about the fact that I was like actually going to shave my legs, like not just to the knee, but like really shave my legs. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Okay. You know, but like, this is sort of our picture of a marriage gone bad. Like, She's like, she's in the shower and he's like pooping on the toilet. And it's like, there's just like, no, you know, nobody even cares anymore. We're just going to like, let it ride, you know, whatever. We fart in front of each other. It's cool. So I think, I think we have this image that like, if that's what's happening in a marriage, it's all bad. But I don't know about you, but I have little kids. I have not gone to the bathroom by myself in like three years. All I want to do is poop with the door closed. I'm sorry, you're still eating breakfast. I apologize. Vicki, are you cringing? Because I know how you feel about the word. She doesn't like the word fart. She doesn't like the word fart. I'll just say it. She hates it. Don't say that word to Vicki. She hates it. Okay. So, so please, please do yourself a favor. Let, let your husband see you as you are. Okay, your husband knows what you look like without makeup on. Sorry, he does. Like, just, it's, it's okay. And I'm not just talking about physically, but like, let him see who you are. If you're not feeling good, if you're not feeling good about, just be honest. Don't do that thing where you like put on the brave face and like pretend you're good as long as you can until you have like a breakdown over like something falling on the floor and your husband's like, what's the matter? You're like, the toast is butter side down and I hate my life and I'm fat and the kids don't listen to me and you know, whatever. And it's one of those things that's like, and it's because in, in my marriage, I've kind of pretended I was okay so long because that's what moms think they have to do. You've got to pretend you're good. You've got it all together, right? Who, pays, who posts pictures of, like, their house being a mess? Nobody does. Do you? Oh, I like you. 
friend me immediately. Immediately. I want to be friends with you. But do you know what I mean? Like, who, who, like, who, like, it's, it's Christmas time, right? Like, it's all pictures of, like, smiling children in cute jammies. Like, nobody's got, like, garbage all, you know? It was like, so everybody, like, everybody looked like a perfect mom for, like, two months. That's stressful. Because my kids were, like, a train wreck on Christmas morning. Like, Noelle, like, you know, had one of those, like, you know, poops where it's, like, down the, I said poop again. I'm sorry, Becky. So... You know, like a huge mess and, you know, Aslan, I, it, was, it was terrible. So we didn't have any of those like perfect pictures. But I think I actually changed them at one point so I could take the picture for the grandparents. And that's the one I sent. So anyway, I digress. So if you're playing guessing games with your husband, stop it. Stop. Just stop. I do this sometimes. Just tell him exactly what you need and how you're feeling. And I don't mean that the minute he comes in the door, you're like you know, but I think it's a good thing to just be really honest about where you're at all the time. Don't wait until you're so overwhelmed that you have to unload. Um, and then this is something my husband and I actually do. We, we are very analytical people. So this is part of us, but we identify issues that, that create fights for us. And, and then we do a postmortem at another time when we're not angry. I know, do I sound like a crazy person. I know. <laughs> who, who calls like anything in their marriage a postmortem? It doesn't sound good. Here, here's the story. The quick story is we are always at the nine o'clock service for church. My husband is German and punctual does not, is not even a strong enough word for my husband. We have, we've never been late to church. We've never been late. But for the longest time, we were arguing about being late for church. And I finally realized what was making him feel like we were late was I was doing the mom thing where I was running around until the last possible second before we got out the door, and that made him feel like we were late. So what I did the night before, and I already had bags packed and stuff like that, but I was like already gotten uh, you know started on the laundry because I do laundry once a week. I, whoever's doing laundry every day, wow, that's awesome. I <laughs> once a week, but I would already get things going. So what I did was I stopped all of that. And like five minutes before we needed to leave, I was just just sitting there, chill. And then suddenly we weren't having like, not an argument, but sort of a tiff about being late. And if we hadn't had that communication about it and sort of talked about it, we never would have sort of figured that out. And we have found that a lot of things that we were kind of about were more perception-based than an actual problem. So finally, a good marriage is always under construction, I think the people who think that they don't have any problems in their marriage are, are in the biggest trouble. And I'm not saying that you like everybody's marriage has got, you know, but like if you don't have a couple potholes, come on, come on, go away. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But every, everybody's got a little something that they could be doing better, a way they could be communicating better. I could always be supporting my husband better than I am. And, he, you know, always, there's always something. So what does this have to do with knowledge? I, I think couples, I think marriages get stale when couples stop learning about each other. Has anybody seen the movie Fireproof? You have? I, one of the things I love about that movie is that the guys are talking about, you know, when you court a woman, you learn about her, you know? They really learn about you to figure out how they can, like, you know, win your heart and other things. Uh, <laughs> but, but after a lot of people get, <laughs> after a lot of people get married... It's like, I know this person. I married you. I know who you are. But who's, the sa- who's got all the same preferences as five years ago? Like anybody? 
I mean, my favorite colors changed three times in the last five years. I, you know, things that I thought were a good idea aren't a good idea. So there's more to know about me, okay, besides even the superficial stuff. My feelings about how, who I am as a mother and how I feel about our marriage, all of that stuff is kind of in a constant, you know, to use a medical, like there's homeostasis. It's always sort of balancing itself. And so those are the things that if I share that with my husband and he shares that with me, that continues to grow us and we get to fall in love over and over again because we keep learning about each other. So get to know your spouse over and over again and really consider whether or not you're, when you're dating him, you're dating him the way you dated when you're trying to decide if you wanted to be with this person, not like we're out on a date and we're going to go over all the stuff that needs to happen at home when you're out on the date, right? So I already said this. Here's a crazy idea. Never stop dating your husband. Next slide. I'm sorry. And, and all I want to say about this is don't, don't, try to, don't feel like you have to go to an amazing dinner and you have to get all dressed up and your hair has to look great. Don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. I think the goal for a date should really be to get out and like learn something new about your husband that night that you didn't know in the morning. Instead of like the din- where you're going for dinner and how, yeah, all that stuff, just sort of see if you can throw it to the side and just spend time getting to know your husband for that night. And I like this piece of scripture. The two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Okay, big picture truth number three. I have a lot of hair and it's getting hot up here. Am I glistening? I I don't glisten, I sweat. I know women are supposed to glisten, but I don't. We must guard our hearts and minds against the enemy. Next slide, please. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. This is a piece of scripture that kept coming into my mind uh, It's been an interesting year for me. Most of my friends are just about to finish their PhD, and I haven't started, so my ego hasn't liked that. And so I've been struggling a little bit with that. And so I've been spending a lot more time on my studies than my Bible studies. And so I I felt very convicted about where my heart was at and where I was spending my time. Um, Quickly, I just want to say that Knowledge and wisdom are different. Knowledge is generally defined as learning skills, whereas wisdom is what you glean once you have those skills, your ability to make good decisions, and you know, you're wise when you get older because you've had all this experience that gets you there. But can we all agree that worldly knowledge and wisdom is lovely, but the only, the only true wisdom is going to come from God? Can we agree? So I... I wanted to just end by sharing some interesting facts with you. I, I think we're not even aware in this day and age how much time we spend on our smartphones and our tablets and all of that stuff. And so if you're like me and you wish you were spending more time in God's word, and I like to really sit with like a concordance in my Bible and then look things up in Greek and Aramaic and, and sort of, because I, I'm trying to like make up for years of not being a believer. So I'm trying to, you know, and again, that's probably, probably part of my ego too, because I'm trying to catch up with the really smart people that really know all that stuff. And I can't have the kind of conversation with them I want to have. So this is what I do. But 114 billion minutes a month, Americans are spending on Facebook. 
And can you believe, and I don't know where the stat came from, but it was an actual study that one in five divorces is blamed on Facebook. Wow, right? And a recent study showed that people check their phones an average of 150 times a day. And some people are checking emails and texts 30 to 40 times an hour. So again, the point I'm just making with all this is how much we have like other information coming in and cluttering up our minds. You know, be still and know that I'm God. Good luck with my freaking, you know, the, and then like the group texts where it's like 10, 10 people respond. I'm at the clinic sometimes and I pick up my phone and it's like 16 text messages. I'm like, oh my gosh, who's dead? You know, <laughs> what happened? So, so I, I, have, I have put this on my computer because I sometimes start looking on my computer and then realize that like an hour has gone by and I haven't done anything really productive. So I think that, that Colossians 2.8 is an excellent piece of scripture to keep. So here I just want to share a couple facts with you. Houston, we do have a problem. 58% of smartphone users don't go an hour without checking their phones. And this one, ooh, this one is so convicting. Where are U.S. adults using their smartphones? Now, if you're close to a TV, you can see this, but if you're not, I'll read it to you. 9% during sex. Does somebody want to explain that? I'm sorry. Like, I don't know how you're doing it, but I don't know how to get my, like, my smartphone into that equation. I don't even want to know how that smartphone gets into that equation. Um, 35% in the movie theater. I did that to Vicky this week. I was texting her while she was in the movie. She's like, I'm at the movies. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> um, 33% on a dinner date. Kind of hard to spend good quality time with your husband when you're checking your Facebook status. <laughs> at a child's function. Will your child look up to find mommy or daddy in the audience and see you checking your phone? 55% while driving. I feel like that number has got to be a lot higher than that. I feel like all I do is see people like reading something while they're going, they're on the highway. 12% in the shower again. Like, is it in a baggie? I don't know. And 19% in church or a place of worship. What? I mean, now I get it if you're like, your Bible is on there, but come on. So, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard it. For everything you do flows for it. So what's competing with our heart? What's competing iPad, and and yes, even your children. Yes, even your children. The corporate ladder and money. Sleep. Oh, sleep. You know, people like Angelina Jolie that make me feel fat. And I have lip envy, too. I feel like if my lips were bigger, my hair wouldn't seem so large. This is what I think about. So, guard, guard your hearts and your minds. Do not inadvertently give greater value to information from sources other than God. And I use the word inadvertently because that's really how it happens. I don't think anyone says, I'd really rather be on Facebook than read my Bible. It just happens. It's easier to check your, you know, Facebook than it is to sit and be in God's word. Partner with your husband to make decisions per God's plan. The Bible is the best self-help book out there. And I don't usually like to call the Bible self-help book Okay, but for this point, I'm going to say that. I feel like, again, you go to the Christian bookstore and there's like 500 things on how to be a parent. 
Like, check out God's word. You know what I mean? There isn't an answer you don't need that's in there. So if you're, if you're reading a thousand Christian self-help books and you can't remember the last time you were really in God's word trying to do a study to find out how you could be a better wife or parent, you know, maybe, maybe reconsider that. When you read or hear something that doesn't seem right, trust that the Holy Spirit is protecting you. I'm going to talk about that one last time, the, the metal detector. I was watching a TV show. And all of a sudden, I just kind of got this feeling. I was like, this isn't for you. And I left it on a couple more minutes, and then I got to see why it wasn't for me. And I was like, ah, there it is. So just just trust that. I want to show you this really quick. This is this thing that I keep getting in the mail, and they don't even spell my name right. And it's from some guy who says he's a prophet. But you'd think if he was a prophet, he would know that my name isn't Jamisa. And, and all this letter is filled with is that if, if, if you want God's blessing, you will send me money and you're going to cut like little pieces off this strip. Like, is this insanity? He's sending this to people and it must be working because he keeps sending it. Like, where is he getting the money for postage? There, there, this is an obvious one, but there are so many things in this world that are even in the Christian bookstore that have like the God like look about them, but aren't real. So please trust the Holy Spirit. Please trust the Holy Spirit. Just because something or a person claims to be Christian doesn't mean it's true. And finally, this is from all my peeps up in Michigan, which is where I'm from, that are freezing right now. Anything that is taking our time, attention, and affection away from Christ is doing the same thing to our marriage. And, and, and guilty, my friends. Guilty, guilty, guilty. My husband said to me the other day, I wish when we got in the car, you didn't always just get right on your phone. And like to me, that's when I can check things. But to him, it was time we could have been spending together. So that was massively convicting. And now that's time we have. Kids are strapped in the back. I'm hands-free. So just wanted to share that. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, sisters, whatever things are true, Whatever things are honorable, whatever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good rapport, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things. Thank you so much. I have a giveaway. Who has a little Dalmatian dog on their sticker? This is for you. This is the love dare. This is from that fireproof movie. Thank you so much.